0: Prayer is uh, important it's an important part of life and we um, it's not given the attention that it should have in our lives it's not given uh, the time some people don't pray much because they feel they don't know what to pray sometimes uh, you know they they um, they're a bit unsure very basically prayer is simply talking to God it's a conversation where we speak with God and you know and he does answer. Um, And I would just tell you, uh, talk to God as you would talk to a friend. A friend who really, really cares about you. You know, talk to Him as as you would any friend whom you know you can say anything to and you're safe. A friend who you know that when you talk to them, they not only understand what you're saying, but they come in and move right in along with you and feel with you. And that they're a friend who, and, and he's a friend, you know, but talk to him as a friend who, who you know will do anything within their power uh, to help you. Uh, Romans 8 tells us this He says, What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for all of us, uh, how will he not also with him grant us everything? You see, he cares so much about you, that verse is very clear, he cares so much about you that Jesus Christ gave his own life for you. That's the friend we're talking about. he, He is for you, he is not against you. Don't ever, don't ever buy the lie that God is out for your destruction. He is out for your good. He won't help you sin, but He will help you come back from sin. He will help you avoid sin. He will help you understand forgiveness. He will help you, He, he is for you. Now last week I began sharing with you some of the things that I pray for you. Uh, that I pray for my family. That I pray particularly for my grandchildren. Uh, you know, as 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 I, you know, some of these what's going on there. Um, and these are also things you can pray for others. You know, what we're looking at here. Part of the reason I'm sharing them is so that you can pray them for others as well. That it's not simply something you say, oh well, that's good. Pastors praying this for me, no, but that you can use this and you can pray it for others. And there are also things you can grow in yourself not just not just in prayer, yes, in that, but also in the things that we're talking about and the things that we're looking at they're things that you can grow in now last week, I told you that I pray for you uh, that you will have strength to take the next step in following Christ. Uh, the sermon today is actually the one that I was starting on for last week, and you know God kind of flipped those, uh, you know but you know, as we were looking last week, you know, that you'll have that strength to take the next step in following Christ. We looked at Exodus and we saw there, um, you know, that the goal's not always clear to us. As the Israelites were hemmed in between uh, the uh, Egyptians and the Red Sea, uh, they, they, they didn't quite see the, the goal there, it wasn't very clear to them. You know, and you might feel hemmed in and not aware even of sometimes what the next step is. They didn't at first until, you know, then Moses said, God said, you know, get ready. And that was their next step. You know, when God shows you that next step, take it. Take it when He shows you that next step. You know, don't go back to being a slave to anything they said you know when they before they get started taking that next step they said yeah, you know we'd been better off in egypt we'd been better off don't do that don't be stopped by fear don't let that stop you take that next step don't you know don't sit there and wait for the whole picture show me everything and then we'll do it i'm a guy and and i kind of always have been this way i don't mind starting something and really don't know what the i have a vague idea you know what maybe the end thing will look like uh and and that, that, then i i just you know work toward that make the adjustments i need to as i go along and um when i'm building something in the garage i have kind of an idea but it never looks like how i thought it was going to in the, in the first place, I mean, you know, there's a, you need to take that next step. And you need to take the next step sometimes because then the whole picture becomes more clear. You know, and we need we need to do it. You can't sit there and wait. Don't wait. Take that next step that God makes clear to you. Now today, I, I want you to know that in my prayers for you, I also pray that you will stand firm in your commitment to and in doing life with christ jesus and part of what i pray is that you won't wander from him from him at all not at all that you will be able to stand firm in in knowing him that you will be able to stand firm in what you know now and as you grow that you will be able to stand firm in that that you will stand firm in your commitment to Him when you're pressured to deny Him, when you're pressured to pretend like maybe you don't have this commitment to Christ, when it seems easier, you know, to maybe ignore that, that you will still stand firm in your commitment to Him and in doing life with Him. That you won't wander from that, that you won't stray, that you won't just follow whatever it is that's going along, but that you will, you will stick with Him all the way. You will be challenged. And you'll be challenged by this world, because when I say this world, I'm talking about those who don't know Christ, those who purposely reject Christ, those who ignore him. You, know, that you will be challenged by this world, both in, by individuals and by our society. If you're not challenged by what society is now, you, you will be in the days, if you're going to stand with Christ, you, know, you will be, because our society is more and more standing against God and living as though he doesn't exist. And we need to stand firm with him. In Exodus 14 that we were looking at last week, that passage regarding taking the next step, when Israel was hemmed in, this is what Moses said to them. Don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation that he will provide for you today. This was really the verse when I was studying about standing firm that pulled me into Exodus last week. But it's also the one that launches us into the passage you're going to look at today. Uh, You know, he said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. Those go together. You know, not being afraid and standing firm. They go together. I pray that you will stand firm in your commitment to and your walk with Christ Jesus, not wandering from him even a little bit. You know, that, that you, have to stand, you have to stand firm so you can take the next step. And once you take that next step, you have to stand firm then in that new step that you've taken and be able to go on and take the next. You have to be able to do that. If you've ever been, I've never been mountain climbing, but I've climbed some hills, you know, and and stuff. And and when you're doing that, and when you're on some parts, and I've had parts where I've had to go up kind of on my hands and my knees, and, and, you know, you want to make sure that you have that footing before you go on and take the next one. And then then you go and you you make that progress. This is the picture of what God has for us in standing firm and growing and taking that next step. Stand firm so that you can take that next step. Let's pray. We're going to get into another passage today. Father, thank you for your grace to us and again your word to us. Thank you for the way in which you put up with us. Uh, the way in which you still love us, even when we do stupid things, and that you help us. And you help us to not only come back to you, but you help us uh, to get through the tough times and through those hard things. As we look into your word today, uh, the enemy would love to discourage us and distract us. I pray you don't allow that to happen, uh, that you would put your hedge around your people now and, uh, and our time, and that this would work for your glory and for your honor. Guide us into and through your word that it might go into and through our lives, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6 here. It's on page 1079 in the Pew Bible. We're going to start with verse 10. Um, this, this comes, as Paul wrote the letter, again he didn't write, oh chapter 6, that isn't what he did. As he was writing the letter and it was flowing along, uh, this comes right after the sections. Uh, where uh, through Paul uh, God gives directions for living. He gives directions to husbands and wives and how they should relate to each other. He gives directions for parents and children and their relationship to each other. He gives a, he gives direction to slaves and masters, <clears throat> uh, as as he uh, you know, as, as they have that had that in their society and the way they relate to each other. And down here in verse ten, follow along with me. In verse ten. Of Ephesians chapter 6, he says, finally, you know what it means when a preacher says finally, and not much. Uh, Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything to take your stand, stand therefore. (coughs) Having done everything to take your stand, stand therefore, he says, with the truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with the readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take the shield of faith, and with it you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. Pray at all times in the Spirit, with every prayer and request, and stay alert in this, with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough in him to speak as I should. Now my plan is to cover all these verses. Obviously we're not going to get very detailed on on some things um, because I want us to focus on his call here to stand firm. When you've done everything to stand, then stand, he says, and so we're going to look at the passage perhaps in, in, in a bit of a way you've not done before. This passage mentions the armor of God. We're always pulled back into this when we think of the armor of God. I don't want to focus on the pieces of the armor so much. We could get into more details than I'm going to. Uh, you, know, and you, you might want to do that sometime in your study. But um, I, what I want us to see is what those pieces are drawing our attention to. As opposed to the pieces of the armor itself, what what is it that God is drawing our attention to to help us, you know, stand firm in our commitment to help us stand firm in doing our life with Christ? Now he begins wrapping up the letter by saying, uh, "Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by His vast strength." Now what he's letting us know there, right there, you know, he, he's letting us know, he's telling us uh, some things to be aware of. And so that we'll be stronger in the Lord, you know, that we'll be stronger in him. Now, what we need to realize is that when you have a relationship, you know, when we have a relationship with Christ, we are not limited to our own strength and knowledge. We are not limited to our own strength and knowledge. Be strong, be strengthened by the Lord and his vast Strength. We are not limited to our own strength and knowledge. God takes us beyond our own efforts. God takes us beyond our own abilities. So stand firm and take the next step and then stand firm again. <clears throat> As God is leading you, stand firm. You take that next step, you stand firm. You, 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 you This is what he's, what he's doing for us. When he says put on the full armor of God so you can stand, what he is telling us there, now notice what he said, be strengthened by the Lord and in, in, by, by his vast strength. And then he says, put on the full armor of God. What he's telling us there is to use all that God has made available to us as his child. Use it all. Be strengthened by the Lord and his vast strength. Put on that full armor. Do what? Use what God has given us. Put on, you know, have that be a part of your life. Put these on. Put it on. Make it obvious Make it obvious. You know, if, if, you know, if somebody was was looking for tyranny today and didn't know who she was. And I'd say, well, she's the one with the the green sweater. If it's a different color, it's okay. Men are only required to know five colors. Uh, You know, she's one in the green. What is it? It's that obvious quality, that obvious thing that's there. And he's saying, put this on, make this obvious in your life. Let this be something that is obvious about you, and it, it should be there. He says, for our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, and against the spiritual forces in the heavens, what you need to realize is the enemy is not that person standing before you. That is not your enemy. He's not the one standing before you, but rather the real enemy is the one who is behind that person, the one who is motivating that person in front of you. You know, and you need, it is a spiritual battle. And he says, this is why you must take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. You know, when you don't see, when you don't see how you can move forward, when the next step isn't clear, you know, when you're getting weary, when you, you you know, when you are preparing, you know, everything, he says, then prepare everything to take your stand. Don't run. Stand firm. You know, don't compromise. Don't compromise. Stand firm. Compromise is horrible. And if you, as a husband and wife, think compromise is the way that to, you know, solve your conflicts, you are choosing poorly. God is not confused one bit about what he wants for you as husband and wife. God is not confused one bit about what he wants for you in that relationship between you and your boss, you and your neighbor, and everything else. Compromise isn't... isn't the thing. You seek God. You, know, you seek God and what he says, and then you, you know what he says, and then you stand firm. Don't give in. Stand firm. Do everything, it says, to stand. Everything. Do everything. Well, I just can't stand. Then do more. Do everything to stand firm. Now God has Paul illustrate what he wanted them to know by relating it to armor. You know, something they were familiar with. Us? Eh, not so much. I have a few suits hanging in my closet, but I don't have a suit of armor. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it, we're just not as familiar with it. Um, um, you know, he refers here. He says he refers to this. He says as our battle. It says in uh, in uh, Holman Christian Standards. Some of the translations say that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, some say we, str- you know, that in our struggle. Some talks about fighting against the world. The word literally means to vibrate or or to shake. And I thought, well, that's that's none of those words seem to. Do... But it was used for them in their wrestling competition. You know, and in the wrestling competition, what they're, they're, their goal was to take it and to get the person down and to put their hand on their neck and to hold them down and to put them, to put them in submission. And what he's saying is, you are fighting against someone who wants to bring you into submission to their way and wants to hold you down and bring you down and keep you there. He says, We're not wrestling, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. You're fighting against those who are, who are those rulers, uh, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens, those who oppose God and want to take you down and control you. Those who want to take you down and put their hand on your neck and on your throat and control you and have you go their way. And he says in verse 13, This is is why you must take up the full armor of God. Because this is a battle for your soul. This is a battle for their obedience. This is a battle for your heart and who you're going to follow and who you're going to live for and what you're going to do. This is why, he says, you must take up that full armor of God so that you might be able to resist to resist so that you might be able to stand firm, resist in that evil day. So having prepared everything, having prepared everything to take your stand, everything to take your stand. So stand, he says, therefore, stand. Because the opposition's determination to throw us, to take us down, he says, you must take up the full armor of God. If you want to stand firm, we are not limited to our own strength and knowledge. We are not limited to just ourselves. Take up, he says, God's armor. Stand in his strength. Stand in his knowledge. Stand in the things he's told you. If you want to stand firm, you need to take up, embrace, make these an active part of your living. Put on, make them obvious, substantial, active parts of your living therefore you know stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist the belt is simply a picture for them Uh, i like the way king james puts it gird your loins i don't know what's my loins uh yeah well he's talking about it's it's their way of securing the robe so they you know they could move about freely without tripping an important part of an important part of being able to stand firm, truth. You know, twofold thing here. That I really want to draw your attention to. One is telling the truth. Tell the truth. When you tell the truth, you don't have to. You don't have to worry about getting tripped up on lies. You see, when you tell the truth, I don't have to remember what I. Well, if I tell the truth, I don't have to remember what I told you. All I have to do is share with you the truth. Well, what do you mean you didn't do that? I thought you. I thought you said oh did I say that? No. Oh. You see tell the truth. Tell the truth. But you know it's it's you know, and then and then stick with the truth of God. Stick with the truth of God which is found in his word. You know, stick with that truth of God. It's found in his word. The Bible is true in all it says. It's true in all it says, the Bible does not contradict itself. Where you think there's a contradiction, you need to understand more. You need to get pulled in. There. you need to get pulled in deeper. Let me remind you again, there are no gray areas. There are no gray areas in the Bible, and there should be no gray areas in your life. Well, that's a controversial thing,. Yeah? I, again, God is not the least bit confused. When you think you are in a gray area that is simply an area where you need more light so you can see clearly and you seek after God well you know God says this and you know some people do this sometimes there are different applications however that's not a gray area God is not confused about what he wants for you So you seek after him and you keep going, you know, it does not contradict itself. And anything that is truly from God will agree with the Bible. It won't contradict the Bible. That's why, you know, you need to know his word. And you don't need to fear when you follow the truth that is found in the Bible. The world may not agree with it. But the world is against God. You follow God. You can stand firm when you tell the truth and when you stay with the truth of the Bible. It will never trip you up. It will never steer you wrong. He goes on. He says, Stand therefore with righteousness like an armor on your chest. Some translations say with the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, Some say with the body armor of God's righteousness. I like that, uh, body armor you know, of God's righteousness. See, we can stand in the righteousness that we receive from God by grace through Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross for us. Not because of anything we have done. We are not standing in our righteousness. Remember where this started. You stand in the Lord and in His mighty strength and then it goes on. And you stand there in the righteousness that we receive from God through grace. By his grace, through that sacrifice of Christ on the cross, not because of anything we have done, our actions do not make us righteous. Our actions do not make us righteous. Not at all. You are not righteous because of the things that you've done. In fact, you know, that, 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 that's what God tells us. You know, we receive righteousness, the righteousness of Christ through faith in his finished work on the cross for us. Titus 3.5, he saved us not by works of righteousness that we had done. It's not through works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy through that washing and regeneration, renewal by the Holy Spirit, it's through what God has done. Romans chapter 5, he says, For just as through one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so also through one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. You see, it's, we, uh, we have that righteousness of Christ. We are made righteous not because of what he has done, but through the one man, through the obedience of Jesus Christ. Obedience all the way to the cross. Romans chapter 3, he says, But now apart from the law, Apart from those things that you do, God's righteousness has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. That is God's righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. In Jesus Christ, we are protected by and in the righteousness of Christ. An enemy can say, well, you know, you're such a jerk. You did... You know, you're right, I did. But praise God, I am standing in the righteousness of Christ who has forgiven me. Who has forgiven me. Don't worry about whether or not you are good enough to be saved. Because you're not. Okay? I would say I don't want to burst your bubble, but I do want to burst your bubble if that's what you're thinking. If you're thinking that you're good enough to be saved, you're not. You're not good enough to be saved. You know, so so don't, don't be thinking you know, that, that you're good enough. You're not. That is why Christ Jesus went to the cross and died on the cross to make you righteous. If you could be righteous because of the things that you've done, then Christ died for nothing. You see, if you could work it yourself, if you could get it and work it out yourself, then Jesus died for nothing. Then he went to the cross for nothing. It's not by works of righteousness we have done. It's not through anything from us at all. It is from God. Don't waste time worrying about whether you've done enough to be saved or not. Because you haven't. You haven't. In fact, you can't do enough to be saved. Again, that's why God gives us the righteousness of Christ. Don't be stopped or slowed down by your past. When you bring it to Christ, you're forgiven. Don't be stopped or slow. Stand firm in the righteousness of Christ Jesus, it says. You know, don't wonder if you'll be a better Christian in the future. You should be. You know, you should be, but you will still fall short of the glory of God. That's why his righteousness is given to us. It's given to us, not because we deserve it or we earned it, but because we can't do it on our own, and it is given to us. And he says, you know, stand with the righteousness, with righteousness like an armor, with the righteousness of God that we're standing in. Verse 16, he says, and your feet sandaled with the readiness for the gospel of peace. You know, sure footing is, it's essential if you're to stand firm, uh, you know, it, you know you're not saved because of what you've done, but because of what Christ has done. You see, I know that I know that, I know that I'm saved because of what Jesus has done, not because of what I have done. What, what this is referring to here is the sureness and the sufficiency of the gospel of Christ Jesus' death on the cross for your sin. And when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, God accepts us because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross. It brings us peace. His sacrifice brings us peace with God. Romans chapter 8. For the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit itself to God's law because it's unable to do so. You see, it's not, because, it's not because of what we have done. It's not because of who we are. Our mind is hostile to God. And he says, therefore, since we've been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When the devil tells you that God's mad at you, You just remind him that in Christ you have his righteousness and you stand in his righteousness and you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel brings us peace. It allows us to stand in God's presence. Not because of anything we have done, but because of who he is. Don't let anyone rob you of the truth of the gospel. Don't let anything rob you of the truth of the gospel. Forgiveness through the sacrifice of Christ Jesus alone and what he has done, strictly on what he has done. We add nothing to it. It is not the sacrifice of Christ and our good works you should the, the good works come because you are forgiven not to gain forgiveness but because you have the righteousness of Christ and you stand in the righteousness of Christ not to gain the righteousness of Christ it says you have peace with god it is something you know, it, it is something that is ours right now we add nothing to it we simply accept by faith which brings us to the next verse verse 16 In every situation, take the shield of faith and with it you'll be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Let me remind you, faith is a life directing conclusion that we come to about what is unseen and unknown based on what we do see and what we do know. Faith isn't just some willy-nilly thing that's disconnected from reality. You see, faith is a life-directing conclusion. And we come to a conclusion about what is, what is unknown and what is unseen, and we come to that conclusion by what we do know and we do see. And let me remind you once again, everyone lives by faith. Every single person lives by faith. I was talking Tuesday, Monday. I was talking last Monday. Uh, I, you know, I am my day laid out, and this is laid out, and God laughs, and, and uh, you know, and, and so it wasn't unfolding how I had expected to, and I was tied up a little longer than I thought on doing some things, and. uh and then I was, <coughs> I was getting hungry, and I thought I'm, just, I'm not going to have lunch. I'm just going to keep working and doing stuff. And then, well, I thought, okay, um, I, I was, I, I couldn't, I, 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 didn't have time to do what I wanted to do. And when, when I finished what I was working on here at the office, and then I was gonna, I had some stuff I had to get taken care of, but then I also had somewhere I had to be at 2:30. And so, in between there, I didn't have the time to to do what I wanted to do originally. So, I went to McDonald's and I, I got a book that uh, is in my car uh, that I read at different times. And um, so, I went to the McDonald's up here, and I was going to sit in there and read, and the lobby was closed. They really ticked me off. I get it, I get it, you know. But okay, so I went to the I went to different McDonald's. So here, you know. If you want to talk about the way God leads and things, here's just a nice picture for you. Um, so I, I ordered my, I walked in, and I was cold. You know, I, I was chilly. I was, you know, and I thought, Monday was just an unpleasant day to be outside. And so I, I went into McDonald's, and I didn't, I loved to sit by the big windows. I didn't want to sit there because I thought, that wind is blowing, it's just going to be cold. So I went in and it was really warm. And I thought, oh, this is going to be nice. This is warm in here. And I got my food and I went over and I sat down. And when I sat down, uh, I was away from the big windows, but apparently I walked past this one wall. And when I sat down, it was a little chilly over there. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking out the big window, thinking about, I really wanted to be warm, you know. And I'm eating my French fries and I have my book laying there. Lady walks up to me, who's working at McDonald's, and she said, "Oh, can can I see that that book more?" And so I said, "Yeah." Title of the book is "Is Atheism Dead?" by uh, Eric McTaxis. If, if you want, it's an apologetic, Lane's apologetically. It's a good book. He does a lot of good research. Well, anyway, so this book is on there, and she's talking to me. She says, "Well, that's very interesting, you know, stuff." And then she says, "Well, you know, I'm an atheist now." I said, "No, you are." you know and we got to talk a little bit and the whole time you know i'm praying um you know lord give me an in give me what am i supposed to do here you know and and stuff and um she works there so you know we the conversation was was on, more on the briefer side and she said well i gotta get back to work you know and and i i, I get it and, you know and i understand here but you know when when we are following god and and god calls us you know and it is a life directing conclusion I asked her, I said, well, you know, you mentioned to me that you that now you're an atheist. I said, well, what about before? And she said, well, yeah, you know, I, I used to believe, and then she told me a few things. Uh, uh, the first thing she said was um, that her son died. And I thought, whew. can shake your faith you know and i just thought i can't say well you know god was um you know you had to talk with somebody in love and and understanding you know and she told me uh, a few other things and why she no longer believed there was a god you know and um It was a life-directing conclusion that she came to. Why well, I should point here. Sam i pointing at a monitor which says that same thing. <laughs> it's a life-directing conclusion that she came to about what is unseen and about what is unknown based on what she did see and she did know. And she told me, this is why I am an atheist, for these reasons, as, you know, as she stacked them up there. Everyone lives by faith. There is not a person in this world who doesn't live by faith. Every single person lives by faith. You see, the problem is we sometimes think of faith as a religious thing. And faith is your life-directing conclusions that you come to. And you are either going to believe God in what he says or you're going to reject God in what he says. And you're going to base your life and direct your life on those conclusions you come to. And he tells us here that in every situation take that shield of faith and with it you'll be able to extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. You see, the shield is that movable object. Uh, it can defend from many angles. You know, and, and those fiery darts that our enemy uh, will come up with, you know, many ways to get you to doubt, uh, to doubt God's love. And this lady said to me, My son died. How could a loving God allow that to happen? The enemy wants you to doubt God's love. The enemy wants you to doubt God's salvation, your salvation from God. Oh, it just can't be. You know, one of the things for me was, you know, when it, when people were talking to me about salvation, and all, and all you got to do is believe in salvation. I said, can't be that simple. It just can't be that simple, you see. And and, and they want us, you know, the enemy wants us to doubt our salvation. Well, maybe I'm not saved because I did this. Yeah. Well, you know. You, you, Because you sin, guess what? That's why God said that when you sin, you know, you come, you confess your sin. He's faithful and just, will forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Why? Because he knew. He knows that we are going to need that forgiveness again. And the enemy wants us to doubt our salvation. The enemy wants us to doubt God's care. How could a loving God let that happen? And the other thing she told me, you know, about her experience, she went to a a parochial school, um, not Catholic, she went to uh, she went to Lutheran school, and she didn't. Uh, the way she was treated um, wasn't good, you know, and she doubted God's care. And then, you know, the enemy wants you to doubt God's presence. He's not with you; you're on your own. Grab for everything you can because you're on your own. The enemy wants us to doubt God's word. Did God really say That's the very first challenge that we read in the Bible. Did God really say maybe you misunderstood him? Maybe you maybe maybe you know you don't what did God really say, you know, stand firm. Stand firm. Faith in God is logical. It is logical. It's not some empty-headed, empty-headed you know, belief. It is logical. It makes sense. It is scientifically sound. Science questions things. And when they come up with a conclusion, you know what they do? They question that conclusion. And they continue to question it until they come with answers. And when you continue to question it until you come up with answers, the only sound answer you're going to have is God stand firm because it is the best answer to life's questions stand firm it says in verse 17 take the helmet of salvation the helmet protects your head you know protect your mind protect your mind be careful what you let in to influence you be very careful what you let in to influence you what books are you reading You know, what books are you reading? What movies or programs are you watching? What music are you listening to? I still remember very clearly where I was. I was walking down. I was walking in the tunnels at Moody Bible Institute. The buildings are connected by tunnels because who in the world wants to walk outside in Chicago in the the stinking winter? Nobody. So they're connected by tunnels. And I was walking through the tunnel uh, between... Uh, the educational building and, uh, and the administration building over here. And I was walking through the tunnel. I was coming down and I made this turn. And as I made this turn, I, I realized, what in the world song am I singing to myself here? It was a song by Led Zeppelin. Uh, Led Zeppelin is, if you ever listen to the lyrics, one of the filthiest bands. Um, but, And I thought, do I believe I don't believe that? What in the world am I doing? You see, but you see, that's what I was listening to as I was driving back and forth, you know, to, to Moody, you know, and I'm listening to just regular radio, and what am I doing? I'm singing those songs. And if you think Hungry and Western's better, then you got your head in the wrong spot because it isn't. You know, uh, what music are you listening? What podcasts, you know, what podcast do you seek out? What do you do for entertainment? You know, when you have downtime, what do you do for an hour? What computer searches do you frequent? Repeated exposure to things will have an influence on you. It will have an influence on you. Because what a lot of it will do, it will desensitize you to sin. Why do people, I I don't know about you, I'm tired of hearing people killing other people. It's like every day. Shoot them, stab them, run them over, beat them to death. How can you do that to another person? You do that when you're desensitized to what it is you're doing. How well do you hold to and tell the truth? What is it that's important to you? Protect your mind. You know, protect your mind. Realize what you let in to influence you. Yeah. Verse seventeen goes on, it says, Take the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. Uh the sword, the only offensive weapon here. Uh, but you know, take that sword of the Spirit, God's word. How much do you know God's word? Well, not very much. Then read more. You see, there's something you can do. Read more, understand more. Why? Because then you'll know God, and you know the values of God. You'll know, and you'll know more when something comes up, and you'll say, "Whoop! That's that is not in line with God." What are you going to do then? You're going to keep watching it. You're going to keep listening to it. You're going to keep saying it. The sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. Share God's word. You know, share his word. Share God's truth more than you share your own opinion. Share God's word and his truth more than you share your own opinion. Do you does do your kids do your kids hear your ideas more than what God says? Take time to read the Bible. Why? Because repeated exposure will have an influence on you. So repeatedly expose yourself to the Word of God. He goes on. He finishes up here. Verse 18. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold to speak as I should. Four times he tells us here to pray, to pray, to pray. Pray more often and pray about everything. Pray more often and pray about everything. Particularly, particularly, pray about those things you think you don't have to pray about okay now I'm not talking about what tie you should wear you know uh, I wore this today instead of this the gray uh, fleece thing that I've been wearing a lot uh, and I didn't pray about it at all I asked Jenny I said what do you think this or that she said "Wear that okay worked for me it was no problem at all you see and uh and you know my my green pants. I wore them because they were on the top of the pile. And when you know when these get washed, and they'll go on the bottom of the pile. When they come to the top again, I'll put them on. Make your life simple. What in the world? How many outfits? Did you, that's another story. Anyway, uh, you know, this whole thing of, of praying, you know, and and praying more. Pray more about those things you don't have to pray about because you think you got it. I don't need to pray about this. I got it. I know what I'm going to do. You know, I just, just pray about it. Sometimes you got it because you do know the Word of God, but sometimes you got it because you know what God says and you don't want to do it. You know what God says, but you don't want to do it. So you don't pray about it. So pray more often and pray about everything. Remember, Prayer is simply talking with God, not a monologue to God. It's a conversation with God. He so, says, "You know, but uh, God has never answered me in an audible voice. Not, 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 not His. He has answered me in an audible voice as He's talked to me through others. Not in a demon possession thing like, oh, you know, not, not that. It's, it's, it's more like you know that they, that they would be that they would be telling me things." That I would hear something, you know, in a sermon. That I would, that, you know, that we'd have this conversation. I, uh, I never, I, I, some of it, I, I, you, you just can't forget some of those things stick out. I was talking to a guy who was a diagnostic schizophrenic. And, uh, you know, I'm talking, and he, this conversation is all over the place. And we're talking about all over the place. It's like, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I think I told you about him before. And uh, we were in my office, and, and he argued with me about everything, everything. No matter what I said, he argued with me about it, you know. And you know, and he said to me, and I've told you about this, this guy before, you know. And he, and as we're arguing, and he said to me, "You just don't get me." And I thought, "That's the understatement of this century." <coughs> this is how I think," he said. By interacting with you. And what I learned is to listen more to people. And listen more. Isaac's going to speak to me differently than Don does. Because they have different things going on in their life. John's going to talk to me differently you know, than Michelle does. Be, be just simply because of the way we, you see the way we relate to each other and the way we talk you know the way we talk to each other and there you know, conversation and you have this conversation with God and god and God answers you sometimes through these other people that you 're talking to listen for answers, listen for answers through the words of others, listen for answers in his word you know in the Bible, listen to it through that still small voice within you that says this isn't right, or this is right. Talk to that person. You know, listen, listen. In my prayers for you, I pray that you will stand firm in your commitment to and in doing life with Christ Jesus. I pray that you will stand firm in His truth, firm in knowing that you have His righteousness. Not having to work for it, but it's that gift of God. You know, stand firm in understanding that He died for your sins and it is His death for our sins that brings us to peace with God. Stand firm so that your faith will be strengthened you know, and firm against all of the attacks and all of the challenges that come. And stand firm knowing that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that you you are God's child and saved by the cross. Stand firm as you grow in your knowledge and your love of, you know, and your obedience to and love for the Bible, His Word. You know, stand firm as you converse with God. Stand firm you know, as you converse with those who love God and stand firm when you're talking with God who loves you so much that He gave the life of His Son so that you could be forgiven, so that you can talk with Him, so that you can live with Him, and so that you can enjoy everlasting life with Him. Stand firm against the enemy who wants to shake you and take you down And hold you down. In my prayers for you, I pray that you will stand firm in your commitment to and doing life with Christ Jesus. And I pray that you won't wander, not even for a little bit. Let's pray. Lord, you have given us so much, and you have given us life, and you have given us what we need to stand firm. Sometimes we don't agree with that statement. Sometimes we wonder how we can stand. But it's not in our righteousness, it's in yours and yours alone. I pray for my brothers and sisters here. That you will help every single one to stand firm in you. To stand firm in that relationship with you. I think of the kids as they're downstairs and hearing and learning your truth. That they will stand firm in it, Lord. And they have many more years to walk this earth than I do. I pray you, keep them from wandering. Don't let them walk away, even for a minute. Father, we need to stand firm in you. Help us. Thank you for what you've given us. Thank you for not only your word and your truth, but for the reality of it in our lives. Help us to stand in you, we pray. For the glory of Christ. In his name. Amen.